0: Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're suffering, please call 911 or your local emergency services. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. And this is an episode all about how to let go of shame over a past life or a past self and this is for anyone who is at the stage in their life where they have moved on from a bad lifestyle or bad behaviors or perhaps perhaps it's something like one bad thing that you did whatever it is it is something you are no longer doing and you are still struggling with those kind of echoes of shame that just make you cringe And um, this is a request. This is from somebody that is struggling in this exact way and they're just kind of replaying these emotional blind spots that they used to have. And it's one of those things that's really hard to get over because as like a, a healed or moved on self, you now have like the awareness of the guilt and just the scale of how bad the thing is. And it's It's really hard to even forgive yourself for those things, even if other people have. And so this person asked for an episode around trying to let go of this feeling or process it or at the very least accept the path that their life has taken and know not only on a rational level, but on an emotional level that they are still good, even though they made all these mistakes. So I happen to have... (laughs) a a lot of experience in this particular area of um, overcoming shame. And I would say um, this is a common thing to go through. And I'm hopefully going to give you some tools or at least awareness around it. Just a caveat for this episode. This is not for you if you have self-harmed in the last three months or if you are suffering from psychosis or if you are suicidal or homicidal. Not for you. Outside of that, um, I would say there's a lot of overlap with or there's a lot you can get from a 12-step program in the area of processing shame or moving through it in the right way i would say so if you go to aa or Al-Anon or anything in the 12-step discipline i I would highly recommend working the steps and or adding some sort of elements of that program to your personal processing if you are, if you are at all curious about that, at least look into it. Past that, what I'm going to express here is my personal path to letting go of shame or at the very least processing it. And I will say it's, it sticks. A lot of it still sticks. I would Out of all of the things I have worked on, there are still, a lot, there's still a lot of lingering shame. I personally have around like the most upsetting memories and I literally still can't say what I've done to you because that's how potent it is. I've tried and I've actually edited things out because I cannot bear, like I've posted an episode and then I've taken it down and edited it because I'm like I cannot tolerate that to be circulating in the world. So that tells you something. I mean shame is so intense and I think of myself as having done a lot of work around that in particular, I'm still working on that stuff. So if you are suffering from shame, I get it. And know that it's normal. And I think one of the most, it's one of the most painful things. And I think, you know, what brains do is they defend us with all of their adaptive mechanisms, you know, like rationalizing and denial and perfectionism and judgment if we become super judgy. All of those things are defenses that we have built into us to help us protect our being from shame and I think you know that just shows you how incredibly damaging and painful and brutal and dark and deep it is because it has the power to define us to us and um, so if any of you are super judgy and you know you just notice that about yourself that you're very judgmental maybe that's the sign that you have someone dealt with shame um so I, I would say there is you know there are a lot of podcasts out there about the feelings of shame that are kind of like i would call it casual or in the moment feelings of shame like um i'm not really talking about that as much i'm really talking about the trauma-based kinds of The kind of shame that's like burned into your muscle memory. That's kind of like, I'd call it haunting scar tissue. Like a moment you really betrayed yourself and your own values that you can't seem to reconcile that just recurs. So with that, there are three parts in this episode. The what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the... Here's the most important thing I want to highlight. With shame and experiences that really fuck us up, It's the things that we have done that have really betrayed us. We have a value system and whether or not we are aware of it um, or whether or not we respect it, it exists. So in the moments that we really cross ourselves, it leaves a mark. And weirdly, in those moments, we might be trying to teach ourselves to be a certain way. For me, it was teaching myself to be a bad kid, to be brave, to not give a fuck, to be careless and carefree and also not to feel. I was trying to teach myself not to feel. I was trying to teach myself to forget everything, to let go of everything about myself before then, to fuck everything, you know? We push ourselves somewhere we cannot really go in our our truth. And so that, that misalignment is what creates a lot of shame. Also, sometimes the things that happen to you are not your choice. And those also create a lot of shame because they in the same way betray all of our beliefs about ourselves and we cannot reconcile that chasm. And so what happens is we feel this very dark third person misalignment. It's like as if a small child inside us is saying, I don't like this, I'm scared. And then they just kind of start hiding and witnessing this life that is separate from that self. So we become like, almost like trapped witnesses. And we experience all of our moments from those two perspectives, from this victim perspective, and then also the perpetrator or pilot of the actual physical body. And that self is almost like on autopilot in some ways. And so that role of quote perpetrator also creates more trauma. And that is in part because we are witnessing the ability we have and we cannot understand it oftentimes. Usually a lot of this stuff happens when we're like, huh, why am I doing that? What's happening now? Why am I not leaving? What's What are these people doing to me? I don't know. It's like you kind of dissociate and you kind of watch yourself doing more things and then you're like, "Who? I guess that's me. And the fact that oftentimes in a thing that causes a lot of shame. We are the ones who are physically making an action. It's, um, we cannot let go of that. And even if we are given all the context in the world from a therapist or from whoever, even if we rationally know a lot of the reasoning, it's still so horrifying because we are being victimized by ourselves so it's like we become alienated from ourselves and in many ways like you can't ever trust that perpetrator anymore so it's like you you're always in the state of like I don't trust me I don't believe me yeah sure okay totally was you you knew what you're doing the whole time I don't believe you and so we get kind of this sense of mistrust of our own goodness and uh, we have this like kind of fear of what we are capable of, of what harm we are capable of. So in other words, when we have an act that betrays us, it creates a shame that compounds that shame again and again. And it almost invites further acts of the same type or more things that will betray us because we have kind of witnessed uh, this violence against ourselves at our own hand, and thus thus the floodgates are open. So it's like living with a stranger who is inside of you, who's you. So anyway, back to the processing of shame. I think one thing that has to happen is enough distance must be gained from that perpetrator as your primary identity or your primary way of being, meaning we need to do enough work on ourselves to be functional and not a person who is committing damaging acts On ourselves so we need to basically take back our own power and align align our highest intentions with our actions and that work is really fucking hard and it has to be done the hard way meaning through repeated actions that demonstrate we are no longer allowing ourselves to relinquish control over our actions and when we demonstrate with repeated actions that we are trustworthy to ourselves, we become a single person again. We align and we are no longer watching ourselves and victimizing ourselves and watching our bodies do things that we don't understand. We are aligned behind our actions and our and our words and our intentions are the same. And when we can do that, when we can walk with one single body and one single intention and move aligned with that, it means we are no longer hurting ourselves accidentally and we're all also no longer hurting others accidentally and that process for you to get there I'm guessing will involve therapy or 12-step or a combo of that and some other totally unrelated practice like maybe acupuncture or yoga or peloton or tapping or I don't know fill in the blank whatever it is all the work needs to improve your ability to manage your emotions, command your own body, and have a, a routine that allows you to balance your brain, your body, and your emotions, self-care, be in tuned, all of that stuff. Self-regulation is the umbrella focus here. So when we are able to self-regulate, then we can start to do the work on the shame because then we're like, now I'm no longer creating more damage. I'm no longer, I'm walking the walk. Now I can start to work on repairing what I have done. And so let's say you've done all that work. Now you have the ability to regulate your, your emotions and control your actions. You're acting in accordance with your values. You're not hurting others. You're not creating more shame. But you have still that muscle memory. You have that leaning that makes you feel guilty and constantly question like, did I fuck up? Am I a bad person? like constant guilt. And I'm guessing if this is you, you are prone to feelings of anxiety, fear, panic, overwhelming analysis, like constant analysis. Did I, should I have done this? And like, oh, I should have done that. And constantly taking apart everything you did wrong. And that's partly from just the effects of the res- like residual shame. And this is a way of living I can relate to a lot because it's you're constantly triggered into that state of am I still that bad person you're questioning yourself it takes so much energy and it's a constant emotional roller coaster so and anything will trigger it you know like if somebody seems disappointed or or lightly doesn't have an expression that emulates joy you'll be like did I oh they're mad they're mad at me because I didn't do blank it's like your your default setting is like I fucked up I did something bad and if god forbid somebody is actually mad at you or criticizes you it's like it's such an intense response sends you back to that old identity emotion-wise in your body it's like that trauma state of like I caused this really awful thing. And so we're, we're in many ways just so overreactive to anything that could signal that bad person, that that old identity. So we're always experiencing more pain than is necessary, more guilt than is suited to the situation. So that brings me to the original request for this episode, how to deal with the old shame and process it. I think for me, it comes down to first... Seeing it, seeing where we have shame is a hurdle in itself because we are constantly looking around it, away from it. It's like being unable to look into the sun. So if you got there and you are looking at your shame, high fives, that's a big accomplishment. Seeing what it feels like, excuse me, sorry, seeing what it feels like to be there is super intense. And for a lot of us, when we are there, like revisiting a trauma-filled moment that has caused us shame, like a time in our lives when we were lost, or a version of ourselves who we cannot reconcile having been, it brings on such a thick, heavy, depressive, scary uh, set of chemicals in our body. It's like a, almost like a threatens your health or your balance kind of feeling. And, or on the other hand, it might feel just like a sharp poke in your eye, like a shock you can actually feel in your body. Like I know for myself, sometimes I cringe. It might make your face squish up and you might feel nauseous, like you're watching it and growing, like you're, you're revisiting it physically. And I think this is in part what a shame-filled memory is. It's like a, a revisiting a moment physically, but As you start to kind of what I would call titrate your um, tolerance to it, it gets 3% less sharp and 2% less nauseating and eventually you can talk about these moments in the context of your adult self now without getting triggered by them into that old emotional state. And that's just eventually. And for some people, if it's something that's so overwhelming and traumatic, that is not true. And that is something that you have to learn and respect for yourself. I think that it's, you know, especially with people who have trauma that um, hijacks their body where they completely black out. There are other various, I would call them like not, they're not new age. They're just very new types of therapy. Um, I highly recommend The Body Keeps the Score. It's kind of in the end of the book that he talks about a lot of these types of treatments. But outside of that, if you do not lose control of your body, um, I would say like step one is just being able to acknowledge to yourself that these are the things that cause you to feel shame. And I think that's easier to do with the help of a therapist or a maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's a partner just being able to eke it out aloud and give it some existence in front of your eyes and ears versus lurking in the dark, that in itself is healing. And be prepared. As soon as that thing is out there, you might have a a feeling of regret. Like you feel, I know for myself, I felt very exposed, raw, vulnerable. Like I I wasn't ready for that. I didn't want that to be out there. Like this fear of like, oh, it's getting out of control now. And like, oh, what if I can't protect it from these scenarios and blah 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 like I would say warning do not disclose this in a group of people at a dinner party just be very very selective with who you speak with it's kind of like showing someone a weird nipple (laughs) it's not something something will be forgotten so you need to be supported by their reaction and not made to feel more shame here's what I will warn you about with the reactions of others They are going to be interpreted by you as something different than they were intended to be. And I say that because a lot of people have responses that they feel are respectful when they might be translated by you as they totally ignored me or they were flat out mocking me or they started laughing. For example, some people might want to look away or downplay something as a means to make you feel more comfortable or they might laugh because they are nervous and this is their default stress response. So if you are going to disclose whatever shameful thing to anyone, make sure you have completely let go of any kind of response, like being a specific thing. And expect their response to be not what you want it to be. And in other words, don't make your disclosure reliant on whatever somebody else does. So I would say that the more pre-selection thought you can do around this, the better. And also prep yourself. when you say something like this it's it's really about saying it for yourself not to see how other people react to it or get their opinion on it Um, it's really just for you to help you process and gain a hold or more perspective or more insight or more power over that thing so i would remind yourself before you go into a disclosure like this is for me to reclaim this part of myself this is for me to get comfortable With this part of myself. Okay, so let's say you eked out the things you are ashamed of to someone else. I will just say you should anticipate that this will feel like you did too much. Like it'll feel, you'll feel exposed, you might feel really raw, you might have remorse, and that's just, I think, part of it. So I will say the only time you should not. Disclose or force yourself to disclose something is if you are traumatized or, quote, taken over while you tell this story. So, if you lose a sense of time and space, you become completely overcome with emotion. Um, This may not be safe for you to process on your own without the support of a therapist. So, for me, I used to go into like kind of a matrix. I'm, that's a reference to the movie <laughs> where I would be kind of emotionally on this ride and I'd be fully taken down by it. So, if that is true for you, just take note and seek therapy. It's a really safe container to be able to process things that you have shame around. And if not, let's say you were able to squeak out whatever story. The good news is now that thing has come from the deep, dark back of your psyche to the front. And by that, I mean, it's like an object that you can own and work with and see. And it's like, it's not in your subconscious, like secretly guiding all of your behavior. It's really something that you're working on actively that is, has been reclaimed. It's not like, you know, squished to the dark side. And what happens When we do this, is we get our own kind of weird version of exposure therapy. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, exposure therapy is quite literally what it sounds like. It's exposing someone to their phobia until it loses its effect. I did this with maggots. (laughs) I know, gross. Um, Other people, I think, you know, for example, would do it with if you're afraid of snakes, you would do with snakes or spiders, whatever it is. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's really not fun. It's a lot of freaking the fuck out and crying. With a therapist. But what happens is you start by feeling um, super intense terror and overwhelm. It's like haunting. And then eventually it becomes normal. It's still like that gross or whatever thing. But it's not like it's shocking your body. But anyway, you can increase your tolerance of certain things just by sitting with them for longer. And that visceral sting gets a little more dull with each sharing or with each contemplation of it so the goal is for you to be able to see whatever this thing is i would call it from third person and by that i mean like you can see it from the original self who went through it but you can also see it from this like changed quote adult present-day self who has the context for it and with that it gives you ownership of it, it's, it you get freed from its grip and you can see it for what it is you can also take responsible responsibility for it and you can also apologize in the appropriate way you're capable of apologizing and it doesn't own you or steer you instead you own it and you can use it and light and context are like kind of like the raid cockroach spray of on shameful memories And I think key in these retellings is just being able to take responsibility for the role you played, not softening it, just owning it, accepting it. And when you hear yourself do this, it's like you get that part of yourself back again. It's like there's no like half version of truth. There's just one truth. And that is like, I think when the magic happens, which brings me to part two, the why. Why do we have these feelings? Like, what does shame tell us about ourselves? It shows us the difference between where we end and an act that is not us begins. And it's a massive imprint because it is a lesson. It's an insight. It's a, a powerful insight that can gift great understanding and wisdom to us, but also to many others. And here's how shame gives you superpowers is just in that in how you can use it like when you can share that learning that imprint you give others healing light it turns shit and pain into a door or a window out of a very dark identity that keeps many others trapped in a loop for a lifetime and it's because that's true it's like shame will kind of damn us to repeat more shameful acts or to live as a compromised version of ourselves like a a dark um, self-loathing version of ourselves to live as a person who doesn't deserve what is good and pure so by sharing your learnings you give others the keys to healing and it's the the keys that no one else can give so you alight a path before them that leads them out of darkness the jewish people say to save one life you save the entire world that was something passed along from my friend Lori, who, as you know, I interviewed her a couple of episodes ago, which she's a person who has overcome so many very shame inducing experiences. And she now rescues many young girls across the country from human trafficking. So whenever you recognize whatever has caused it has caused you shame, or, or you recognize something that's keeping you trapped somewhere it's that thing is also your tool it's your gift your insight to give to someone else that might free them your life can take on a totally different path because these wounds take on a purpose all their own they're like fuel it's like they're they generate so much power because of their origin because of how they have leveled us in some way Look at this podcast. This all came out of shameful wounds and it is now it brings me endless joy. So with that, here are some tools. If you are in a place that sounds similar to what we're talking about before that, though, here is a brief word from our sponsors. Okay. Part three, the how the tools. And before I go into these tools, just remember Crying is stress relief. It releases stress hormones. So if you find yourself crying more, let it flow. It doesn't need to have a reason. Sometimes we just have to release stuff that's in our body. It's okay. All right, the first tool, the goal. Be good with you. So to know what it is we are heading toward, it's, I feel like just being contiguous, meaning being good with all of you, knowing all of you. No stone unturned so there's nothing you shy away from, or there's nothing, there's no secret you kind of hold on to, it's just like you own all of you, and I think this comes about when you have context on all sides of your personal narrative, and you are therefore able to forgive you when you tell it, or when you, when it comes up, it's like you have all of the understanding, because you have fully processed things, and because of that, you're good, you know, you're Even if there are things that you're not good with, you are aware and comfortable with every cause behind it, every factor behind it. It's like you have a complete story. And I think just this goal of being good with you is something that once you have it with your past, it allows you to move forward with very sure footing. And all of the decisions you make and all of the opinions you have, it's like you can let go of other people's judgment. You can let go of your own fear And resistance, because you're just like, all right, I know me now. All right, the next tool, I'm going to call it emotions map. I think you can tell a lot about how you feel when, you know, and I mean how you feel like unbeknownst to you, because you can just examine how you are acting. You can look at like objectively kind of your own behavior. So, for example, do you feel generally criticized by people? Often, or do you feel pissed off? Often, when you take that factor and you just turn it around and, and ask yourself, like, what can this tell me about how I'm feeling inside? It will show you a truth. So, I think if you are ex- observing that you are paranoid or you always assume people think the worst, like, turn that belief or reactiveness around and see, like, what does that reveal to me about some unbeknown like a belief I have about myself that I'm not really aware of I think this is just a nice way to like figure out the kind of work we want to do on ourselves in therapy for example all right the next tool the shame list I think this is a a great starting place if you're wanting to like tackle stuff that in your past causes you a lot of shame or in your present life causes you shame and it's quite literally what it sounds like writing a list of all the things that give you that cringe and why do this because it allows us to start where we are when we can claim those things we can move forward out of them and it also allows us to just get it all out you know and this also allows us to see where we are and see what what we don't like about where we are versus being in that state of looking in the other direction, pretending it's not a bad thing, of like avoiding it, thinking like, oh yeah yeah yeah, I'll deal with it later, or it's just fine. I mean, I don't like it, but it's you know it is what it is. All of those types of beliefs really just are excuses built built by fear, fear of confronting what needs to be done because it's a lot, it's overwhelming, and I I would say just to make this list is a massive feat in itself because. It's a lot to take in. It can feel like it can feel nauseating. It can feel exhausting. It can feel really depressing. When we look at things that we think are ugly and overwhelming, I feel like sometimes it it makes us just feel like overwhelmed by, you know, what we have to do and makes us just want to hide from it all over again. But this is a this you can think of this as the beginning of letting go of those things. And whatever you write on your list, now that they are surfaced, you can ask yourself, what ways can I claim these and own them as a part of my narrative? What is the story I choose to tell about these things, if that makes sense? And you might not know right away. It might be something that just kind of like you ask yourself the question and then the answer arrives when it's ready. For me, that would be like I used to never talk about my eating disorder. I would never bring up uh, ever having any of those issues in any sphere. And now I don't have any sensitivity to that when I share it. It's like it no longer has any drag on my person. I own it. And that feels really good. So if you want to take this tool one step further... I would also invite you to participate in the next tool, which is explore the other sides. So there are other truths inherent in anything that brings you shame. And this is not to at all take away accountability because I feel like accountability is like the most essential piece of reducing shame. But as I talk about often, there are always two opposite truths or there are actually many limitless truths inherent in any experience just depending on the lens you bring to it. And so in this tool, I want to invite you to see the opposite as also true of whatever your shame story is. In other words, see shades of gray and complexities that are inherent in any behavior, in any experience, in any act, in any belief. And I would say like when we are very black and white, when we are very motivated, against something or we are very judgmental of that thing, it's because we are judgmental of ourselves. Like we are very harsh and controlling inside. Like an example for of that for me would be like I get very judgy or angry if I see really young girls that are um, scantily dressed. And that is because deep down I am judging myself at a similar age. So, Whenever you take apart these shame stories, I just want you to take like whatever it is and then flip it on its side, flip it on its other side and see what the opposite of that thing is that's also true. For example, let's take one of mine. I have shame around not protecting myself from a particular predator. And I am ashamed that I put myself in harm's way like that I did not rescue myself when I was in a obviously precarious position, which allowed this predator to do bad things. But the other side of that belief is I was not mentally developed at that time. I was also suffering from PTSD. I had a very weak ego and I was not equipped to deal with the situation just based on the cards I was dealt life-wise. It kind of set me up to be the perfect victim in many ways. But, the, you know, there are even more sides to this one example than than that. So I encourage you to look at the other sides of your own scars just to see that There are many truths to anything. Does not, again, take away accountability. All right, next tool I'm calling soul facial. So when you are journaling, I want you to ask yourself, what's a way I can, sorry if this is grossing anyone out, but like what's a way I can basically give myself a facial? Like what's what's one thing that I can take the sting out of in that that feels accessible to me you know I'm speaking of like popping a zit here but, but just begin to brainstorm how you can integrate one thing into your life into your waking identity and you can even introduce it in like the most clunky way like hey this is something I'm trying to let go of do you mind if I share it or telling a friend like man I've been trying to process old painful memories and accept them and one thing that has been coming up for me is xyz And I can't seem to stop blaming myself for it, whatever it is, but just I feel like being able to start somewhere is just like teaching ourselves how we can move and let go of things and start with the mildest one, start with tiniest, easiest is it. (laughs) All right, next tool, weird name, I'm going to call it hiding baggage. It's basically getting to know your weak muscle memory and i'm i'm by that i mean like we all have this kind of shameful person identity that is like our muscle memory in many ways and we really have to like teach ourselves we have to know what it is for us and we have to teach ourselves to be very aware of it so we can overcorrect for it so what i mean by that is like we have this secret self we think we are and we're, it's kind of always in the back of our heads you know because it's so old and established And as adults, we're trying to grow out of it. But it's almost like we have to, it's like an area we have to be very aware of in order to to not fall back into it. So what would be like hiding baggage? Hiding baggage would be like that whatever your muscle memory from a past life happens to be like that old identity that you immediately assume you have revisited or you immediately assume you are guilty of. So like let's say it's a knee-jerk reaction Let's say, for example, if you were, a, quote, a bad kid or a black sheep growing up like myself, then you would have a knee-jerk reaction to hide if someone is, let's say, if you're getting away with something. If someone's giving you more credit than you deserve or if, um, I don't know, you you get, I don't know, somebody gives you a compliment that wasn't, doesn't belong to you. It's like that old muscle memory from the old self might be like yeah cool I'm gonna keep this but we have to be aware of that because that stews whenever we are dishonest with ourselves it stews shame like instantly it's like all the ingredients that starts to just fester that mold of shame so it's like Now, immediately, because I know that baggage is what allows me to fester in that particular way, I have to immediately overcorrect and be like, nope, sorry, that's not mine. Actually, the real thing happened is this person got da-da-da-da. It's like a really arbitrary example, but I hope that made sense. Next tool, somewhat related, accountability is the magical elixir that sets you free. I fucking love accountability. It's like, I would say, just remember, it's the best feeling in the world, being accountable is ultimate freedom and self-respect. It's the it's will give you confidence no matter what, always. And just always hold on to that as an adult. Shame, as I said, is like that festering mold. It's created by moisture and poop and darkness. So in order to keep it out of the darkness as a rule of thumb, we have to give it instant externalization. And, and by that, I mean like, being constantly accountable. Claim whatever it is immediately and just know that that is your default setting. Anything that makes you feel the tiniest bit guilty, get it out in the light, claim it, get it out in the open, clarify. And as I said, get to know the particular areas of baggage that are related to this. And as soon as you notice yourself like feeling that weird tingle of like, oh, I feel a little bit ashamed, get it out, expose it, claim it. I will often interrupt someone and say, like, actually, what I really meant to say was X, Y, Z. Or, to be honest, I didn't actually win that prize or whatever it is. It's not that they care. No one cares. It's so you can feel good with you and you can feel clean, you know? there's Just have no dirt on you with you. And if you can keep this as, like, a guiding rule for yourself in all situations that could possibly start to rebuild the shame monster inside, it just... You just trust that about yourself. It builds your own sense of confidence and and faith in you because you've witnessed yourself just having that ethic and really believing in it. And what happens is we just like, we have self-trust. And so if we mess up, we're like, you know what? It's cool though, because I trust me. I know I wouldn't have done that on purpose because I know I hate this feeling of guilt and shame so much that I would never ever want to trade it for the truth. And that just knowing that that is true of you is all you ever need to know. It's like a superpower. It's awesome. (laughs) So I hope these are all helpful. I know it's really only a starting point, but I think just being able to claim yourself and embrace yourself is the key. And that is just, it happens over a very long period of time. And just like with any wound, it's like they heal on their own time and they heal with enough light and care and really support of whatever that is in your own life. So friends, therapy, talking, processing, context, education, all of those are essential. So before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. Deb is a new sponsor on Patreon. Thank you so very much. And Alicia, another new sponsor on Patreon. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys times a million. And anyone out there who has the means for a donation, they really help out this show. And if not, Totally get it. If you could leave a review on iTunes, that helps me immensely as well. So in closing, the points of shame in you are also points of light and they are powerful healing light and these have been gifted to only you. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's just my points of light that I'm passing along to others because it really makes me happy. So just remember, whatever these wounds are, they are your gift of light and love to give. So I invite you, encourage you to use them if you feel called. And it doesn't mean you have to start a show or publicize it to people that you don't feel comfortable publicizing it to. It just means like if there will be an instance where somebody could really benefit from your insights and you you can give that gift to somebody and it makes you feel so rewarded to do so. But in order to get there, first we have to do the work in order to forgive ourselves. And I feel like just one life, even if it's your own, one life saved so that you are capable of acting with all of your faculties and being able to move through the world in an empowered, positive way, that changes the world in such a great way as well. So either way, you owe it to yourself to process and overcome whatever happens to be hurting you currently. And uh, I hope this helps. I send you my love. And don't forget to smile.